You're listening to Fox Given, the one where we answer your questions. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together, we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks. And the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Got that STI going, baby. Yeah, so sh- what, was, what was that signing for again? Like s- <laughs> sexually transmitted information. Oh, information. I was like, socially something. <laughs> we, did we change all the letters? No. Yeah, someone's, someone's been on social media too much. Like, we've got social media on the brain. Like, social. Oh it's just like God. desperate to be sociable again. I think that's what it is. That's the thing. That is a yeah. thing. Guys, exciting we, news. Yeah, oh. we might oh. actually. You, literally, were you just about to say it as well? No, I was like, we're going to be re- reunited next week. <laughs> yes, I'm actually going to go and see Florence next week, guys. Can you believe it? And, and it's been three months. It's been literally since I, I figured it out. It was like the 7th of March that I, I haven't seen you from. Like we, we last saw each other on the 7th of March. Whoa. It's mad. Whoa, that's even though we've crazy. like we've talked like every single day. Every I feel like day. we've talked even more than we ever have done before in our life because of lockdown. <laughs> so, yeah, it has been mad. It has been mad. But like, yeah, I guess it's it's about time that we saw each other. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yes, and we're gonna like actually do some maybe some videos together, some content together. Actually, in the same place. So yesterday we were going through our YouTube videos and we were just saying how weird it is to see us in bed next to each other. It's like, it feels like a thousand years ago. A thousand one years ago. And like, I'm not even sure if I like it anymore. I'm like, nah, no, it doesn't look good anymore. Like this looks so much better. Like how it is now. I disagree. I think it's so much nicer when we sit next to each other. At least we can like, I don't know. And our poor editor, Emily, shout out to our amazing editor, Emily, has to deal with so much now. It's like... It's like separate, two separate videos plus two separate recording tracks. And it's just the, the tech issues have been endless, especially when it's a heat wave. Yeah, it has been really mad. Yeah. So, yeah, we love you, Emily. Thank you. You're amazing. You make our YouTube videos sound fun and exciting <laughs> and make us sound like less stupid. But then again, Winnie also does that. Winnie edits our podcast episodes and she makes us sound like intelligent and oh, less offensive. So- so clever so thanks actually i'm not even sure do we ever sound clever probably not definitely not no No, but she makes us sound clever she like edits us together so we sound intellectual (laughs) what would we do without her what would we do um while we're at shout out to our podcast producer jack as well thank you jack (laughs) may as well oh should we should we get in our managers as well blondel we love you rebecca thank you oh my god what is this just like some award speech i'm getting ready for my awards speech you know like we were we were devastated when we didn't win the webby awards absolutely heartbroken yeah we, we, were, we were really surprised that we were nominated and we were in the was it the health and wellness category yeah the world has um, not progressed enough to let a sex podcast win a health and wellness category definitely it's not. only progressed enough to get us into like second place of the listener's choice yeah yeah uh, but we did surpass Gwyneth Paltrow's podcast the goop doop or whatever it's called yeah we did so that means that was we're pretty, pretty cool. awesome 
We're yeah, and thanks to everyone team. everyone who voted. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but we did get nominated for a British Podcast Award, so yeah. we're just waiting for that. So that's exciting. Yeah, so we might win an award yet. Woo. Anyway, shall we get on with this? Yeah, sh- shall we actually crack on? Let's um, find our first listener's question. So before we dive in, uh, just to have a quick explanation of what this episode is, is when Florence and I go through your burning sex questions and we just answer them quite freely, openly and honestly with our own sex experiences and no large. I mean, we need, we should really put a disclaimer in, right? Like anything we say is not sex, but we, we don't have any qualifications. We're just actually two bullshit people talking about sex, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you can Literally, tell them in a really fucking we're good just, mood. We're just, um, we just talk from our own experience. We don't, we're not sex educators. We, yeah. we literally just, um, bullshit our way through life. No, I'm joking. Yeah, but well, like, we kind of do. But like, that is life. This is what people want. They just want advice from real people. Yeah, like and I, I would say we're sex educators. I just wouldn't call us sex experts. So our first question of today is: Hi, come curious. I'm almost sixteen and a huge fan of your podcast and YouTube. After finding such joy in educating myself on sex and related important topics, I found myself heavily critiquing the sex ed, or lack of, that we're getting. I wanted to ask, what does age-appropriate sex ed look like in more detail? And what are your thoughts on the importance of exploring this through naive and independent journeys? I, for example, may not have found this podcast if I was told what was what for sex earlier on and didn't feel the need to learn more and uncover more bases. I love that this person is 16 and sounds like a Oxford graduate. Yeah, she's not even 16. She says she's nearly 16, which blows my mind. Like, this is the kind of girl that's going to change the world and, like, become the president and, like, or prime minister or whatever of your country. You deserve everything. That You need to keep asking intelligent questions like this and challenging everything that's so cool Mm. so i guess like age appropriate sex education it's something that we actually do chat about quite a lot because obviously we are big advocates for um getting better sex education for all ages yeah because in 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 england we are normally taught sex ed from the ages of like what 10 11 12 that's when I really start to remember, like, you know, the boys yeah. get sectioned off into one group, the girls get sectioned off, and then you watch some woman give birth and it's really fucking traumatising. <laughs> and then all the way yeah. through secondary school, um, up until you go to, like, yeah, college sixth form. And mm. and then you are you are taught different bits of sex ed, but they always have, like, a, you know, like, PSE day. Yeah, PSE. And, like, and like usually PSE was about, um, I don't know, like other things. Like yeah, like loads of different stuff. Health and fitness and you did the, like the St. John's Ambulance Award. Do you remember when you had to learn like what to do if someone was like choking or like dying near you? We didn't get that. I had to specifically really? opt in to do that myself. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We had to like learn how to give like mouth to mouth to people and stuff. That was PSE. So that like was PSE yeah. wasn't continuous sex education. It was let's do sex education like for a one unit per year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it only definitely for three years. It's not enough. I remember it was like, yeah, one one day a year and then yeah. and that was it and you were expected to know everything while like you're going through the most horniest, confusing stage of your life. Yeah. And I think like 
the information that you give they give you is just about like heteronormative sex um stis and pregnancy scares like basically everything that's going to scare you shitless yeah scare you to yeah to not have sex i really hope i mean it's been a long while since we were taught sex ed yeah like i'm i'm 30 this year and it could have changed in the past 10 20 years and i really hope it does but still in still in our country even though i see it being quite progressive in terms of sex ed you are still allowed to opt out of sex ed you're still allowed to take your child out of sex ed and there are still schools that choose not to teach it which i think should be illegal you know i don't think that should be right yeah because everyone unless they've changed that sex is in everyone's life like even if you don't like having sex and you're asexual sex is still part of your life because you need to learn that asexual is a thing and that should also be a part of sex education but it's like age appropriate sex education would be like teaching sex ed throughout your like childhood mm-hmm. and then changing it like changing it progressively like yeah. for the more mature that you get and the age that you are everyone um, freaks out at the idea of age appropriate sex ed they think they were going to be teaching like three four year olds like how to have anal that's not the case age appropriate <laughs> means age age appropriate means like maybe teaching a three and four year old where they're starting to be able to talk and mm. recognize their bodies and other mm-hmm. people's bodies about genitals and different types consent. of bodies as well as consent consent is such a big thing mm-hmm. no one fucking taught us about consent and that goes as far as to say if you're uncomfortable with your aunt kissing you on the cheek and they do that, that is non-consensual. And you're yeah. allowed to say, no, that's my body. I don't yeah. like that. And also like talk, teaching um, all genders about periods and mm-hmm. like all the bodily functions so that like everyone knows about everything rather yeah. than splitting like boys the girls when it comes to the period oh, education. so stupid, yeah. Just like, but, like, they need to know. They need to know what us girls are going through. And don't they, in the Scandinavian countries, they are mm-hmm. doing age-appropriate sex ed. And yeah. like, lo and behold, they have the lowest rate of STIs and teenage pregnancies. Yeah, it's like all the, all the scan, like the Netherlands, they're just like so much more far forward with sex ed and yeah they they teach their kids as soon as they start talking um and it's just it it, it's it makes sense to like why wouldn't you the amount of years that we went through life being confused about our bodies and ashamed Mm. and embarrassed and unable to talk about them i'm fucking just grateful for my mum to just be able to not even make a big deal out of it like we never got the sex talk we just were taught as we went along and it made it so much more tolerable to deal with What's really interesting in this question is that they, at the end of the question, say that they might not have found a podcast like this if they mm-hmm. had been taught such sex education from an earlier age, mm. and that they might not have been like seeking out the information. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, yeah. like, obviously, podcasts like this, it's not just about sex education; it's about um, open, like, hearing open experiences and hearing people talk about a subject like sex. But I also think that not necessarily that you wouldn't find this podcast if you had been taught about it, because even if you were taught about it, you might still be like, oh, this subject's like really interesting to me. I want to know more. Mm, Because I would say our our podcast is 18 plus. Anyone younger listening to it has to be aware that we are talking about Mm. older situations like we are both you know you're 29 i'm Mm. 29 fuck that confused me Um, (laughs) we're both 29 and 
and mentally and physically your maturity does change throughout your years like I have a completely different view on sex than I did when I was 17 18 even 19 100% oh my god and it changes all the time so I can't imagine somebody who was like 15 or 16 listening listening to this and wishing their sex lives were like ours and yes they're really interesting to talk talk to or listen to but it's very much entertainment you know we're not we're not advising anyone that's under the age of 18 to do any of the things that we are involved in it's just that we have been able to talk about them and and understand Mm. them retrospectively it's funny because podcasts like ours and others like come become a sort of like activism rather Mm -hmm. than like just your day-to-day like discussion podcast like it is it like talking about sex openly is being an activist these days because it still is a taboo subject um i mean i literally our title is yeah, our title is Fucks Given. So it's supposed to be like a jokey, hilarious. Like our format is about your best fucks, worst fucks. And with the idea is that it's just, you know, you're just supposed to laugh. It's not, sex isn't supposed to be always serious. You're just, but then it turned into something much more. We've, we've ended up speaking about really serious subjects on here mm. and important subjects and, and really varied as well for everyone, yeah. which is has been amazing it's kind of I would hate for someone young to listen to one episode and be like okay that's what I need my sex life to be like it should oh, be like yeah, you listen no. to all of the podcasts and understand the variety of everybody's sex yeah. lives and I think that's why it, sure I think are. that's why it is good sex education in a way because yeah like it's we we are showing so such a variety of like different sexual experiences mm-hmm. and like someone's going to relate to like something in this podcast like along the line yeah it's even just about like owning your body and owning yourself and not feeling like embarrassed or ashamed of who you are and because you are horny yeah and that that, just if you're just learning that alone then that will do you good like there are other people that feel the same about you and and our fucking sex education has has failed us there but i just hope it's it's different now and i yeah. hope it's different in other countries i have no idea what it's like i mean it sounds from this question from someone that's not even 16 yet that's the sort of age that you start learning about sex ed at mm-hmm. school sounds like there's still a lack of the sex education happening now like a today. huge lack and it's and it's also asking like your the school that you go to how yeah. forward thinking they are are they run this is going to sound really stereo stereotypical but like are they run by a bunch of blokes that feel uncomfortable teaching kids about sex ed like I was actually talking to my neighbors the other day and like one of them's really pro-sex positive and wants to teach their kids sex ed and and the guy was like no 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 no. don't don't tell them anything don't teach them anything I'm like that is so damaging Mm. like because they're gonna want to find out the less you tell them the the more you keep it a secret the more they're gonna want to explore it and do it in more dangerous ways like you know keep it a secret when they go to a party they do it drunk they they go online and they find porn and they think that that's their sex education so they end up acting different in person it's just oh there are so many negative things when it comes to um not being vocal about all these experiences and like the best way of parenting is to be open with your kids about talking about these things yeah gotta be unafraid that's like the coolest thing you could do don't just do the whole weird sit down and have a talk like I need to tell you about the birds and the bees and like when mummy and daddy do a special hug a stork brings a baby you know don't <laughs> lie to your kids I think that's really damaging you've got to got to be open and honest and be like yes well yeah when yeah. 
a man and a woman, they can have sex. There's a penis. There's a vagina. There's a vulva. A woman can get pregnant. Penis has sperm. You've got to be so blunt and basic about it and be like, yeah, mm. and what? It's cool. It's yeah. cool to talk about that stuff. I don't know if that answered that question. At yeah, all probably not. This, we just but, went uh... off on a tangent. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> if If this is happening in your schools, then like try and get a group of you together get a petition going start like writing to the school start start trying to like campaign for better sex education mm. talk to up to the higher ups get your parents involved if that doesn't work then write to your government and say we need more better sex education this is what i'm learning at school and it's not enough you know uh, own that shit This question is so cute. So thank you to the person this listening in, <laughs> sending it in. Where do you and Florence see yourself in five years with the Come Curious podcasts? Do you have your own studio and produce TV shows, etc.? Yeah, basically, where do we see ourselves in five years? Oh, good question. Good question. Actually, we have like a really huge idea that we're actually just starting to build. I was going to say, it's no longer an idea. It's like in motion. Actually in motion. In five years, we kind of see ourselves like having like a platform where there's so many like voices and like a huge collective of people writing, writing um, articles, being like the voice of Come Curious, making content. We want to cross like into TV, into, into radio, into more podcasts everything (laughs) like just basically like we're envisioning like this crazy like sex platform so we want to be our own boss business bitches and direct our own company which will be like not just florence and i um, a range of voices we've already we've already got three that we've been chatting to we love you guys so so we're we're gonna be hopefully creating a bigger platform for Come Curious, where we'll be directing ethical educational porn, but also creating age-appropriate sex ed that you can show in schools and parents can show their children, you know, merchandise, uh, articles, videos, documentaries, just absolutely everything. Mm. Um, But this is all in the cogwork. So yeah, hopefully five years time from now, we'll be like fucking top of the empire owning this shit. question is that's such a radio voice isn't it yeah yeah i can hear the switch you'll talk to me and then you'll be like and so welcome to welcome to the next question for come curious from our listeners um this person wrote in was recently diagnosed with oral hsv1 and i don't know how to move forward especially dating wise feel like when I read that everyone basically has it and that's not a big that it's not a big deal it's basically implying that everyone will get it and that disclosing doesn't really matter and that I should just be hooking up with everyone anyways because everyone basically has it fuck also a part of me that would be sick to my stomach knowing I'd put someone through what I went through in brackets bad first outbreak so now I'm scared about kissing another girl and I also keep thinking about if I if it's even worth having kids if I can't even kiss them. So please, whatever thoughts, advice, suggestions you have for me would be greatly appreciated. 
I mean, I totally relate to this question. Mm-hmm. When I I got diagnosed with HSV1 or a herpes type 1, which is oral herpes, when I was, well, it's not necessarily oral, but that is the oral strain, but you mm-hmm. can get it on your genitals. We had to um, look this up when we did a YouTube video, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, we've got it's confusing. A, if, if you have like recently been diagnosed with herpes, please watch the YouTube channel, um, YouTube channel, YouTube video that we did about it. Um, and it's called like, we both have herpes and um, also listen to the episode that we did with Sarah Melindwa because oh, yeah. that was also... And she's a nurse, sexual health nurse, and she gave us loads of amazing um, information about herpes. She was like, if you haven't experienced any flare up or any like tingling sensations or anything, any outbreaks in two years, you might not have it again. Two years it was. Yeah. 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 And tingling sensations are like weird because you also think it's like a like phantom it's, limb syndrome and you always think it's there. Yeah exactly um i've actually that's the only thing that i ever feel with my herpes now i mm-hmm. have like sometimes i have the tingling sensation and that is i think what they what we found out was that that was like viral shedding so yeah. it's still kind of there like lingering but it's not like it's not, not like there. the sores and the blisters yeah. and that's and that, what that's i get like horrible. if i'm if i'm like run if i get run down sometimes i get that but it's still like very 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 rare yeah Um, and with viral shedding like you can pass it on if you like have sex when you feel those things that you can still pass it on it's a it's a lower way lower chance um but well it's like it's like with any kind of sti if you have like an open sore an open Mm -hmm. wound or if your Mm -hmm. immune system is down it you're more susceptible to catching it yeah and it's it's a really like hard thing to talk about and like i think that's why it's so important for us to be so honest yeah there's so much um, stigma around it i mean and, like... it took me years to come out saying i had it and i'm a se- mm-hmm. like i have a sex channel and i like should have spoken about it years ago i had it since i was like 21 like i should have spoken about it so many years ago but i was mm. too scared because i didn't want the stigma attached to myself yeah but and it's, now it's, i understand that it's it, important it's liberating when you do it's like a yeah. huge weight is lifted off your chest because there it's not shameful there isn't anything yeah. to be embarrassed about yeah um and you're right a lot of people do have have it you know cold mm-hmm. sores are very normal on people's faces mm-hmm. and it's very normal to get it and it should just be a situation of you decide whether or not you want to tell someone yeah. i think i think depending on how soon you caught it and if you have a flare-up if you're like uncomfortable if you have blisters then it's worth telling your partner yeah but honestly until the stigma goes then it is your right to tell someone or not yeah um, i would always i would always push to tell someone because i feel like that's a really good signifier of mm. of how they're going to treat you in the future yes. if if you want something to be more long term so like if you tell them and they're like oh okay cool well we'll figure it out when it comes to it then that's absolutely fine that's perfect but if they're like oh fuck off you're gross then you don't want to be with somebody like that anyway yeah exactly i mean when i because obviously i got it in my early 20s and i was still definitely like fucking around back then Mm. i mean i still am but um i i i decided that i wouldn't disclose it to random sexual partners because i knew that i didn't have the outbreaks so i knew that there was a very 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 low risk of me passing it on to anyone um and yeah i didn't really i didn't actually end up telling one anyone until i met my ex ex boyfriend Mm -hmm. and um 
I didn't even tell him until like six months maybe into our relationship it might have been three months or something but I remember it being like a thing that I was terrified of telling him Mm. and when I told him he didn't react very well to be honest um and he sort of he got really angry with me and he was just like you should have given me the choice um what choice though that's the thing it's like he I was just like well I didn't tell you because I think like you potentially wouldn't have seen me again if I had told you like during the early stages of our relationship and mm. really that should have told me get the fuck out of there <laughs> run get the run for the hills out of there if they're not mm-hmm. there for you like all of you with all your with everything with all your herpes yeah, then they are not there for mm. you um yeah. and since um breaking up with him last year um, everyone that I've slept with regularly, I have told. Yeah, yeah. And people people react in different ways, but I think that's down yeah, to everyone's like... re- reacted really surprisingly well. Like, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, so good. I was actually like sh- shocked, like at all points. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's really lovely knowing that people actually understand and they don't see it as such as a stigma as we think they mm. see it um so basically don't everything that you are anxious about when it comes to herpes take that away um you are responsible for your own body and um who you have sex with and who tell um Mm -hmm. don't have sex if you have a flare-up um be sensible and tell people if you if you're going to be like I guess my advice really would be if you are going to get into a serious relationship or you're seeing someone more regularly, then tell them. But if it's like a random hookup, they don't need to know because there's a, I mean, it's a very, very low chance that they would get anything from that encounter. You're using protection. Um, And if you feel comfortable to tell them, then tell them. But you got to judge that. You got to judge that as it goes. Um, And... Basically, I wouldn't feel bad about not telling people because I, I spoke to um, our friend, the sex doctor, who is a sex therapist about it. And she was like, she 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 doesn't suggest like that you have to tell people. And like hearing that from a sex therapist, just like mm-hmm. I was just like, it was like almost just like, OK, like now I don't feel as bad for making Obligated. that decision. Yeah, um, because I did make I, I guess at the time I was like, I'm making a selfish d- decision here um and i did feel guilty for it um mm. but then knowing that um it was acceptable in the eyes of a sex therapist not to disclose it to every single sexual partner i was like oh wow like that's legit <laughs> yeah i think it'd be the same if you were starting to get actually um involved with somebody and you had bad mental health problems or you you know you deal with anxiety or yeah um then you would tell them that and be like hey so sometimes this happens like i get really bad anxiety and explain that and they will either take it or they won't yeah and i think um as well when it comes to what you said at the end of the question which was about having kids and stuff do not let herpes get in the way of like what you want to do like with having oh, children yeah, and definitely like, not like if you have like an oral herpes flare-up then yeah don't kiss your ki- kid but like you can kiss your kid if you don't have a flare-up yeah for sure we didn't talk enough about type 2 but we do touch upon it in the episode with Rukaya mm-hmm. in because she talks about having type yes. 2 um, herpes and that was that's genital and she has to take medication every day to stop flare-ups but then that also means that she you know she can you know be sexual with partners mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. so yeah definitely check out that, that episode mm-hmm. 
Which is the most requested MFM or FMM porn and in real life. Basically, two guys, one girl, or two girls, one guy. He's asking what's more requested in porn and in real life. Oh. Um, I don't think well, we can answer about in porn or real life because it's totally up to preference, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know about porn or what porn people watch i'd need to do some research on analytics but like yeah. i know for sure 100 percent people are way more into threesomes with two women yeah i'd say worldwide i feel like that's worldwide like, yeah but i don't want to say it's like the gateway threesome but i think it's easier for men and women to be able to to handle because uh, sounds like stereotyping but definitely like women are a little bit more gentler and understanding and men there's that whole toxic masculinity thing where they don't want another bloke there yeah but exactly i feel like that changes as you get older like i'm as much as i do love having threesomes with another woman and another guy like I, all i want to do at the moment is have a threesome with two guys like who oh, wouldn't want absolute dream who wouldn't want two people that you're attracted to all yeah. over you yeah. and also spit roasting oh my god just i need to be fucked and have a dick in my mouth at the same time oh like that god. needs to happen it's not even about the spit roasting for me i'm not even sure i would enjoy that it's just, yeah I, I i can i'm just imagining like four hands like all over my body and like mm. someone like eating me out someone like kissing me and kissing my nipples and like oh my god yeah mm. oh it's like treating me like dream. a goddess yeah i mean yeah. i would yeah <laughs> but yeah it's definitely way 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 more requested for a female female male yeah. and i think um, threesome. i think threesomes are always fun but yeah you know it threesomes are like everyone like looks up to threesomes as being the next step with mm. you know with a partner which isn't mm. isn't necessarily fair because especially they no. can either be great or they can be really you know disheartening and you're a bit like oh that was not as good as i thought yeah they're just threesomes are just like people uh, it's that fantasy threesomes mm-hmm. is the sexual fantasy for most people because it just seems like yeah because it's like the it's like the tamest next step but like when it comes to being in a relationship and like yeah moving, moving on and like um and like moving into sort of non-monogamy but without really moving into non-monogamy yeah isn't it i watched um the sex explained series on netflix about yeah. sexual fantasies yeah and the guy who did that huge research about sexual fantasies the main word that came up was threesomes Threesome. everybody wanted to have a threesome yeah um, and also that that's what makes threesomes not really as good as everyone thinks they're going to be because yeah there's such a hype there that like when you actually get down to doing a threesome you're like ah, oh, well like it wasn't as good as like everyone said it was you know yeah yeah agreed um but, i've had great yeah, threesomes and i've had like meh threesomes yeah i've only had one threesome in my life and that was like the beginning of this year but it was really fun but like it, not it like fun. it wasn't like as crazy as i thought it was gonna be mm, like it was just it, like it, it was kind of nice yeah nice and it's nice to like see and push your limits and see what you're comfortable with and obviously if you're like a couple and then you bring a third person in Mm. or if you're that third person going into a couple if you're all just randoms like having fun together um i was lining up so many threesomes before corona i was like chatting to so many couples and i was gonna like go and fuck them and then corona happened i know fucking corona ruined my male male threesome i was talking to oh yeah you were actually two guys 
from fucking field. Oh, no. They were really fit and mature and I was like so ready for it and I felt really comfortable with them and they were really cool and and then corona oh. happened. I know Maybe my vagina soon. is literally crying. Oh, shedding a little discharge tear. Oh, discharge <laughs> tear. I was hoping like sexual juices tip. All right. We'll go for discharge. That thick and creamy uh. tear. We could like literally chat all day with your questions, but I feel like it's probably time for us to fuck off. Yeah, one of these episodes will be coming again sometime soon when one of our guests cancels on us again. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunate. But I like these little episodes. I think they're fun. They're lovely. And we love listening to your sex questions and stories. Mm. Um, We really appreciate them, especially because we just, we can't believe how many of you listen to us. The last time we checked, we were hitting 1 million point, 1 point, 1.2 1.2 million, million listens. Listen. So there's there's so many of you out there that like really believe in what we're doing. So thank you so much. We love you so much. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> and um, please, if you can, check out our YouTube channel, Come Curious. Follow us on Instagram, Come Curious. C-O-M-E, curious. <laughs> uh, as well as you can follow us on our individual Instagrams as well, if Ooh. you like. Read Amber X and Florence Bark. And what else? What else we got? We got for you. Um, oh, uh, leaving us a rating and a review. Yes. And subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. I'm sure you have. Mm, I hope you've enjoyed this STI episode. Spread us around like you're not using protection. Send yeah. this podcast episode to everyone. Give them an STI. Sexually mm. transmitted information. Biatch. yeah. And if you have a question yourself or a story you want us to read out at the end of our podcast, then please send us an email at fksgivenpodcast at gmail.com. I got it right this time. Yay. Um, We love you all and speak to you next week. Goodbye, curious fuckers. Bye. Root Insurance is all about you and how you drive. In fact, that's the number one factor we use to give you a better price, which puts you in control. Just download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate. It's car insurance made for you. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details.